walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh, what's up, everybody? Happy New HYN, folks. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. I know we're past it, but I hope you had a blessed uh christmas hanukkah kwanzaa uh that weird thing people do in colombia whatever you whatever it is you guys uh celebrated over the past couple weeks i hope it was uh rich in joy i hope it tickled your cockles i hope it sauteed your asshole because we are back with another apron but at brump at apron brump Sorry, sometimes my Asian Tourette's gets in the way, but I'm just so excited to be back in front of this phallic object that I call a microphone to talk to you about some wrestling. And man, look, uh, some people like to say new year, new me, but uh, no, it's, 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 we're back to just Talking about some awful wrestling here. We got a, uh, I got a brawl for you guys today. No, 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 not fall brawl. Not brawl for all. Not, not, not the brawls that I struggle to take off sometimes. We got Super Brawl 6 from 1996. And that's what we're going to be covering today unfortunately but we have a good old time talking about it we have a good time talking about hogan and giants bumbling around in the main event we have the fucking macho man and rick flair which if you're if you're just coming into this cold you might be like hardest part of the ring that's macho man rick flair some of the best of all time there's no way that could be heartless and slow and emotionless and tedious there's no way it could be those things well i'm here to tell you that you might want to change your tune because you're going to look real silly here in a second we got public enemy versus nasty boys which is unironically the best thing on this show a couple tag team matches we got some uh faction warfare we got uh what may be brian pillman's last appearance or one of them we got um, just Hogan being just look, if you're not a fan of Hulk Hogan, this is the episode for you because fuck Hulk Hogan. I, I've tried to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, but this guy is just. I will say this and we kind of get into this in the podcast. 
Super Brawl 1996. So we're in February of 1996. Hogan turns heel in like June or July, whenever it is, of 1996. This show represents the garbage bullshit that needed a an injection of something exciting. This this show that we're going to cover here is like wow, this is fucking awful. We need to change something. And it's it's in a way it's fascinating to look at it with with a hindsight of what's to come because it's it is petering out. I mean, I guess Nitro is doing good business at this point for whatever reason. Um, maybe the shows are more quality, more must-see than the pay-per-views are, but you know what? We get into, into all this in the episode. I might as well just get right into it. But first, let me give a shout out to my guest, Justin from the In Time Wrestling Podcast. Joining me on the show, had a good old time with Justin. You can find the In Time Wrestling Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Justin and his brother Jeremy cover a lot of current stuff, but also a lot of retro stuff. So if you like what I talk about, you'll enjoy the In Time Wrestling Podcast. They're a hoot, and you will soon find that out on this episode. And all of his info in the description below. Uh, that's the In Time Wrestling Podcast. Great guys over there. Great podcast. I strongly recommend you add that to your uh, Rolodex of podcasts that you listen to, um, as well as my own, which, by the way, I mean, you found me somehow. But if you want to check out the entire archive of the Apron Bump podcast, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts on YouTube as well. Give the video a like and a subscribe. Why don't you if you haven't already leave a comment uh, apron bump on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, all that shit. Posting a lot of TikToks uh, lately. Might start going live here pretty soon. Almost at the old uh, 1K followers. So go follow me if you haven't already on TikTok. If you like WCW or if you hate WCW, but you like listening to me talk about it, go to apronbump.com and you can go to the episodes tab at the top and you can filter to whatever promotion era company whatever you tickles your pickle in terms of the wrestling you like to uh, listen to you can go to the episodes tab and you can select wcw and that'll bring you to all of my wcw reviews that i've chronologically covered starting back at spring stampede 1994 and i've worked my way up until now super brawl 1996 so go do that if you have not already five star reviews buy a t-shirt Suck my nipples and call me a sassy little dollop of butter. Do all those things in that order. And uh, with that, I think we might as well uh, dive right in to this abomination of a show. WCW Super Brawl 1996 with myself and Justin from the In Time Wrestling Podcast. I mean, it's... It's a WCW show, so it's appropriate that we have some technical difficulties, I guess. Of course. <laughs> at its finest. Oh, at oh, it's it's WCW, that's for sure. Um yeah. So what what you think of the show, man? Oh my god. It was a strange, <laughs> strange show. There was yeah. some good wrestling, but my god, there was some of it that I was just like, Yeah, I think I'll pass on this one. Dude, this was it was like going good, and then it took a nosedive. I mean, yes, we'll get into it, yes. but I was like, 
Because I looked at the card and I was like, man, I'm not excited to watch this, really. But then I turned the show on and I was like, okay, okay, we got some stuff going here. And then it just, and then you got, man, it just got worse as the show went on. But um, overall, I mean, I guess, first of all, did you watch WCW back in the day? No, I actually never got to watch any WCW, especially because I basically started watching wrestling like in like 02, beginning of 02. Or like right. in the build to WrestleMania 18, like uh, but I followed everything else WWE like WWF like through like magazines and the games and videotapes and all that stuff like that. Yeah. And then it was like when I finally got to actually start watching it, WCW was like an afterthought by then. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, I can watch this. This is this was a thing. WCW, I should check this out. And it was like I saw yeah. some of the good starting to now see a lot of the bad like yeah so so you've seen wcw before before so this wasn't your first wcw show that you've watched no okay thank god because i wouldn't want to put that face in your mouth <laughs> what a witness start off your wcw indulgings everybody Whew. yeah because this is a uh it's a few months before nwo because this is what february and bash at the beach is what june july so it's like about to be good but man you can like it is interesting though you you see like where the company was and like why they pivoted like why hogan turned heel why like they were bringing the cruiserweights and stuff so it's interesting to see like the the shit that they had to put on to like make them decide to change things so it was interesting in that sense but as as a viewer i mean god if you if you if i ordered this on pay-per-view or if i bought a ticket to watch this shit i would be uh upsetty spaghetti i think yeah this is definitely not worth whatever the hell you're paying for. No pay-per-view back then. Not at all. But that being said, it did start off hot. I would honestly, this opening match with considering who's in it, it's weird to say, but this might be my match of the night here. We got a falls count anywhere tag team match. The nasty boys versus the public enemy. Whew. So are you familiar with the public enemy or ECW or are they running ECW? I've seen a good chunk of their ECW stuff. So that was what kind of got me into them. But mm-hmm. I was, I, I always liked those guys. I don't know what it was about them. They were always me too. big guys that would just flop around and throw themselves around and beat the crap out of themselves. And I'd right. be like, I enjoy these guys a lot. Yeah. I enjoy the nasty boys too, because like all this stuff is before my time. But as I've been like going back and watching this stuff, I'm like, okay, I like the nasty boys. And then I go over to ECW and I'm like, oh, I like the public enemy. And now they're here facing each other. So it's a weirdly kind of a dream match, I guess. Um, <laughs> but if you can, if you want to phrase it that way. But yeah, this honestly to me, this felt like an ECW match with WCW production. What would yes. you think about it? That was perfect way to describe it. It felt like an ECW just let them just go beat the shit out of each other. And then it was just WCW production crew going, this is like way yeah. better production that you're going to get than ECW was given. Cause they would be like mm-hmm. blurry as hell and everything. And now you're getting this spot on like pay-per-view quality, freaking just beat the hell out of each other fight. Like, I love it. Yeah. Split screen. You got, uh, you can see when they're in the crowd, you can see what they're doing. So yeah, it was, it was a change of pace. Um, yeah, I like how they just went out there and did what they do. Like they didn't go in there and try to do headlocks and 
takedowns and stuff like that. They, it, the, the action spills to the outside pretty much immediately. They kind of pair off, uh, I think, like Sags and Grunge mm-hmm. are fighting. And then you got Rock and Knobs fighting on the other end of the arena. Tables, chairs, trash can lids. Um, I mean, it seemed like the trash can lids shots were just endless throughout the entire. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like instead, of, instead of headlocks to transition. Dusty Rhodes talking about oh, yeah. all the time was hysterical. Like, they're like he's bringing out the plunder, and Dusty's like, he's bringing out the plunder, Daddy. I'm telling you. And I'm like, what the hell? He's going to yeah. just bring on plunder the entire night, isn't he? <laughs> what would you think of Dusty's commentary throughout the throughout the show? It was hysterical, because some of the stuff he was saying is just, like, random as hell. But I love Dusty Rhodes yeah. listening to him talk, because it's always fun to try to talk like Dusty Rhodes, Daddy. <laughs> yeah him and and uh bobby heenan really clash but in like an entertaining way so that that was, that was fun to oh, bobby watch tony terry is some of the best stuff you're gonna hear my god <laughs> he's gold endless gold here um but yeah it seems like everybody's just walking around just trash can lid trash can lid chair chair trash can i think the only move done in the ring in this match was a uh Jerry Sags pile drives Johnny Grunge onto a trash can, which looked pretty gnarly. Yeah. Although um, <laughs> it did aggravate me. So Johnny Grunge gets pile driven. Jerry Sags goes to pin him and Johnny Grunge puts his foot on the rope oh, to break the pin. God. It is a falls count anywhere match. <laughs> I was literally going to bring that up. Like, why yeah. does a rope break count in a street fight? How yeah. does that work? I mean, to me, it's if it's like if it was just no disqualification and like you had to pin somebody in the ring and I'd be fine with it because that makes you out of bounds if you put your foot on the rope. But it's false count anywhere. So you could be on top of the rope and pin the guy if you wanted to. It's anywhere. So it's like. I don't know, man, but I guess with this match, you can't think too logically. Um, <laughs> so John, there is one spot here where. uh I think Nobbs has a trash can lid. No, Johnny Grunge has a trash can lid. And Nobbs tries to throw a drink in Grunge's face, but Grunge uses it as like a shield. So, <laughs> you know, they didn't plan this out. They're just out there. Ah, we'll grab some stuff. We'll hit each other with them. That'll he literally be fine, like was... Captain America and like holding <laughs> whacked him in the freaking head with it. And I just was like, that is the funniest way I've seen a trash can lid used ever. It was creative. It's like, yeah, like he, like Captain America is a good way to put it. It's like he carries that wherever he goes. <laughs> um, but then uh, so there's like table, there's like a merch stand. But back by the stage, somebody gets suplexed through it. Uh, but ultimately, knobs uh, gets put on top of a table. Rock, uh, Rocco Rock goes on top of like the bleachers or the stands like 10 feet in the air, goes for the drive by, which is basically a, a swanton bomb off of the bleachers through the table, but Johnny or, uh, but knobs moves and Rocco rock goes crashing through the table and knobs gets up, takes like a shard of the table, smashes rock with it on the ground and pins them. And the nasty boys get the win. So fun match, pretty creative in a lot of ways, especially for the time. But uh, yeah, it was fun. It's the best way I can describe it. It was fun. Like you had, I, I, we've gone back on our show and seen some of the hardcore title stuff. And I know a lot of people give like the hardcore title in WCW some flack, but my God, they're just fun matches to watch right now. Like most of the stuff we've seen so far has just been fun. And that's exactly what this was just to get the crowd hot, 
have him enjoy a match, and that was really about it to get her off the start. And I thought it was a perfect way to start it. Yeah. Yeah, it's to see an ECW-esque stuff in WCW. I'm Because sure, most of the crowd's got to know he's about ECW, at least be familiar with what it is. So I'm sure they're excited to see Public Enemy and Nasty Boys go at it here. Um, but after that, we cut backstage to Mean Gene Okerlund, who uh, he's plugging the WCW hotline. Apparently, two WWF stars are thinking about jumping ship, jumping ship to WCW, which I can only assume is Hall and Nash, but I'm not totally sure if that's the the case at this point. But uh, Mean Gene, he brings in Conan, who is the United States champion. And Conan cuts a promo. He doesn't really know where the camera is. He's like looking down a little bit. Like, he as looks he's like, like he was reading a cue card. He looks yeah. like he was reading a cue card. I laughed so hard. I'm like, yes, he might have sure been. You get every word in there, Conan. Look at that card. <laughs> Look at it. What do you think of because uh, I mean, there are a lot of mean gene backstage interviews on this show. We don't need to go into each one of them. But did any like stick out to you or did like the WCW style stick out to you at all? Not really. Not really at all. Like a lot of them were just a lot of people just yelling the entire time. Like LOD yeah. was just screaming. And, you know, <sighs> you had Ric Flair's like mumbling entire time while he's on like he's cutting the promo back there i'm like i don't think i understood a single word flair yeah. said back there no that's the best way to put it is a, it's a lot of yelling it's uh i guess just it's just filler in between the matches but it's just the style back then i guess somebody was into it i'm sure but uh after that we got another candidate for match of the night here we got the wcw tv title on the line we got the champion Gianni B. Bad versus DDP Diamond Dallas Page. So this is um so the back this, this has been like a long storyline. It's like who cares about it, but uh, Kimberly was initially with Diamond Dallas Page, and uh, Johnny B. Bad won a match at some point, and Kimberly the Diamond Doll, or as they call her, was uh, on the line. Johnny B. Bad won her, I guess, because they're objects. And uh, but DDP was like abusive towards Kimberly. So she was happy. And now now she's as happy as she's ever been. And uh, now in this match, not only is a TV title on the line, but and I quote, the remainder of DDP's money is on the line. Six million dollars, which I don't know how DDP has six million dollars at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this version of DDP. What would you think of this version of DDP? Because this is not like what he would be most known for. It's interesting to see. He's a freaking in he's a really wacky heel. Like he has like yes. this whole like he does like the generic heel stuff, but he does it like way kind of like over the top. Like he yells at the referee mm-hmm. every time. He celebrates for everything. He like just yells at the crowd. I'm like, he's just trying to be wacky, and I don't know how I feel about it. Cause I've seen yeah. DDP as like babyface, and I kind of enjoy that. Cause I've seen like some of his WCW stuff when he's a baby face and I enjoy a lot of that stuff, but like this, yeah. seeing this, it's interesting. I'll give it that. Yeah. And we'll get into it, but this might be what led to him kind of transitioning gimmicks. Um, the result of this match at least, but yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I'm kind of on the fence about DDP, this version of him, because like you said, he's, it's a lot of like the cliche heel stuff, but he like, does it so I don't know if he does it well, but he like 
commits to it, I guess is the best way to put it. Like he, he, he seems like he gives a shit about what he's doing. And that's not really something you could say about a lot of people on the rest of the card. But, um, for that reason, he's that stuck out as a good thing to me, I guess. But, um, yeah, but the match itself, it's pretty good. Probably the best, like pure wrestling on this show was in this match. I would say by far, um, I don't even know what a second place would be, but, um, Got some good chain wrestling in the beginning. You got DDP kind of dominating Johnny B. Bad a little bit. He asks, he like hits a move and then he points to Kim and he's like, give me a 10 because that used to be his thing. Like Kim would have like the cards and would hold up numbers. But Kim's like, no, I'm not with you anymore. I'm not going to give you anything. Actually, yes, I am. And she pulls out a zero. That's like a cute card from under the ring. And uh, DDP is none too pleased with that. But Johnny B. Bad. Fights back, couple near falls with some roll-ups, hits a double axe handle from the top rope, and this makes Kim pull out a 10 from under the ring, so we're having fun. Uh, then we got some really good near falls here. Johnny B. Bad with a top rope sunset flip for a two count, a sit-out powerbomb for a two count. Uh, DDP fights back with a sleeper and then a pancake, which is uh, like a tombstone slam uh, for a two count. And like this, this is pretty good drama here with these. This is like the one match on the show where it's like, oh my god, is he gonna win? And then he does, he doesn't. Like there's some good like emotion a little bit, uh, but ultimately, DDP goes for the pancake again, but Johnny B. Bad counters into a tombstone pile driver and gets the win. Interesting finish here, but uh, yeah, DDP loses and I guess loses all his money. And uh, to me, this would make sense for him to transition into like the blue collar DDP character that he would be like wrestling in jeans. I don't know if that's what ends up happening, but that's what it seems like to me as like an outside viewer. But yeah, what were, you, what were any other thoughts on this one? No, oh, this was great wrestling wise. Like wrestling was fam- chain wrestling. Awesome. Again, yeah. DDP, like you can love him or hate him. Guy is really good when he gets in the ring. I've not really seen a lot of Johnny be bad like that. Cause like oh, mostly I've ever seen him as like Mark Marrow and he gets thrown to the wolves in WWF. Yeah. But he, seeing him in WCW and actually getting to wrestle, he's freaking great. He's really great. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, the story, whole thing with Kimberly, yeah, it's as weird as it wants to be. But it's actually, wrestling-wise, worth to watch. The ending felt kind of anticlimactic. Because it was just yeah. like, it felt like, just like, there's a tombstone. It's like, that's not going to end it. And then it ended. And I was like, oh, that was bizarre. But, right. It, I, overall, I still think really good match. Yeah, it's weird because John to be bad has like 12 different finishers and the tombstone is not one of them. So it's like, wow, he didn't use the the tutti frutti or the the bad blaster or the fucking uh, what are the so other ones? The, the bad the tutti frutti. That is interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a left hook because he's a boxer and he calls it the tutti frutti. It's devastating. You better yeah. avoid that. I mean, he is a, I mean, he was a boxer, right? At one point, so. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, he, he is fruity. He, but, no, uh, I'm not going to call him fruity. <laughs> just because he's out there like that. It just doesn't, he's still freaking good, though. Like, oh, if yeah. he was like, if he's got the boxing background and everything like that, I wouldn't want to get punched in the face by him. Forget that. No, don't want a tutti fruity to the face, but I'm from Johnny to <laughs> that's for sure. That is for sure. Bobby but, Eno on commentary was hysterical with the whole, 
he's going to win $6 million and then give it back to her. Are you kidding me? Like he's like, let's hope <laughs> oh, she yeah. walks away from him and then comes over here. We'll start in, like talking some investments. I'm like, Bobby, the brain Heenan never changed, like <laughs> would never change. And I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Plus we had more Not- plunder talk from dusty. He was like, he's oh, bringing okay. out all he's that enough. plunder now with himself tonight. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, anytime anybody says a word that Dusty is not familiar with, he, he just berates them about it. But <laughs> now, how does he not know about plunder? It's close enough to plumber. If he's the son of a plumber, <laughs> how is he? How is he not know plunder? Wait a second here. Yeah, <laughs> man, poor Dusty, poor Dusty. But um, speaking of plunder, I uh, I wanted to hit myself with plunder during this next match. We got the tag team titles on the line. We got the champions, Lex Luger versus and Lex Luger and Sting versus the Harlem Heat. Whew, this match was uh, was rough. What were your thoughts on it? I, I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't get into it. And I and no. that's being mainly because I'm not a Luger fan. I don't see the appeal yeah. of Lex Luger back. Even going back and seeing some of his stuff, I never saw the appeal of the guy. Sting. I think the guy's good and all. I like Harlem Heat as a tag team. I never want to see Stevie Ray as a solo guy ever again, but I'm going to have to eventually when I see these shows as as a single guy. I'm not drawn into Stevie Ray wrestling by himself. Mm -hmm. This just didn't work for it at all. Yeah, I mean, especially for the Harlem Heat. I mean, they're like fifth down the line as far as what matters here because there's that internal storyline between Lex Luger and Sting. Like, they're not... Because Luger kind of turned heel... Like a few months ago, but Sting's still a babyface, so they're kind of that's like kind of the, the dynamic there. But they're friends, so they're trying to get along. But they won the titles from the Harlem Heat by cheating. I believe it was like a roll of silver dollars. They Luger hit one of them with and pinned them. And Sting's like, "Hey man, I don't want to win like that." And they they keep winning matches because Luger keeps cheating. So there's like an internal struggle there. And also, the winner of this match goes on to face the Road Warriors later in the show. So this is just like the first half of the tag team title match, basically. So yeah, this, this right here didn't feel like it mattered that much, but um, it was pretty much, I think it was just the Harlem heat kicking the shit out of Luger for a little bit. And then sting gets in illegally takes out Booker T and Stevie. And then as Stevie, as Stevie Ray goes to powerbomb Lex Luger, the road warriors come in and hit Stevie with like a, block of lead or something like a steel plate of some sort yeah. some vague metal object they hit uh stevie ray with it lex luger flips him over and gets the pin i don't really understand why the road warriors got involved here maybe i'm missing something but no. i don't know what you think of that they when they cut the promo later on they were like it's nothing against you guys he says it's like we both we basically have and even sting they're like it's nothing against you sting they're like we basically want to get luger but it was like but sting's there he's gonna have to be like a like something that like you're gonna have to go for him too like it was just it was right. weird like stevie ray's del- or i think it was was it stevie ray that was in at the time like got the like when he got hit with the the, yeah, the Stevie pipe Ray. or lead or whatever it was it had like a delayed reaction to it. Like he took a shot in the <laughs> stomach and had to like gently yeah. put him down so Luger could backdrop him into the pin. I was like, that looked awkward as hell. Yeah, I mean, it was smooth for Luger. He did a little Lucha Libre to get him into that pin. But uh, yeah, it was it was weird. 
But yeah, that makes sense because Luger initially is what I guess they had had a, a scuffle on Nitro or something. I forget, but I guess they just wanted to get at Luger. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, you would think they would want to make them wrestle longer so that they're more worn out for their match later. But again, it's WCW. Can't think too logically sometimes. Yeah, they basically said that it was uh, it's nothing against them. It's just business. And I was like, but that doesn't wouldn't you want to like I, don't, I just didn't get it. It was weird. I don't know, man. When I was when I was listening to that Road Warriors promo and they were yelling about "We're gonna deviate your septums," I was like, "Okay, I'm <laughs> yes, well, I'm not Fox listening to this anymore." Fox using big words, everybody. Yeah, he's he's saying a lot of noises. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but Jesus Christ! So we got a a barn burner here next. You thought that was great? Well, the hits just keep on coming. We got the United States Championship on the line. The champion. Conan versus the one man gang. This is a, I think this is my first the first one man gang match I've ever seen, and I hope it's the last. So it's when, when I see one man gang come out, first of all, my, my immediate thought, because he comes out in like the denim jacket and the chain and the <laughs> it's like he just feels like a, a random hedge, like a henchman of some sort. Like I'm not threatened by him, even though he's a big guy. But he moves in there like Tyrus. He looks like just a shitty Bam Bam Bigelow in there. I don't know, man. Uh, one man gang. What are, what are your thoughts on this gentleman? I literally said the same thing. I go, Bam Bam Bigelow. He is not. He yeah. is not even close. Like, the, my God. the tattoo on his Bam head. Bam can move for a big mm-hmm. guy. One man gang cannot. The only thing that man does when he wrestles is just fucking make noises. He's just, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, oh mm. my God. Man, the, the, if you're if you're blind watching this match, you might enjoy it. Or if you're blind listening to this match, you might enjoy it. But uh, for those of us with sight, it was uh, made me wish I was blind. But Conan is here as well. And you might be thinking, well, maybe he can save this. No, he can't. Doesn't really get a lot of offense in this match. It's pretty much just one man gang taking his gut and just shoving it in his face and oh, like stupid forearms to the top of the head. It's just a lot of generic big, big guy offense in this. Uh, but it's interesting, Conan, because first of all, this isn't the uh, Cholo, uh, whatever you want to call him, Conan. This is the uh, the lucha the luchador Conan, who is the Mexican champion. I guess it's a triple A AAA or CMLL title of some sort um he also around this time was an ecw and he faced sandman for the ecw championship so conan's all over the place and now he's in wcw and i think he would when does he go to wwf isn't, isn't he in wwf at some point as like the um oh it's gonna bother me i have to look it up he's like a max moon is that it was that him let me, let me do my uh i didn't even know that was him Oh, my God. Somebody call in if, if you know where Conan's been. Um, Dial but, uh, 1-800-909. <laughs> get your parents permission if you're under 18. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Conan versus one man gang. A lot of a lot of nothing. Oh, no. Unless you saw something that I didn't see. No, no. <laughs> I am so like I the first I remember watching. A, an old WCW show once on tape 
that had Conan in it. And I go, Conan's not that bad. And then I go back and look at him like recently and I go, no, maybe I was wrong. He can't <laughs> be the guy to try to squeeze a good match out of fucking one man mm-hmm. gang who can't even barely lift his leg above Conan's back when he's on his when he's on all fours. Like, yeah, ain't happening. No, I mean, it even there's like that famous gif of Tyrus coming off the second rope, like in a shitty splash. And one man gang does pretty much the exact same thing in this match. So maybe he's just old. Maybe he's at the end of his career here, gang. Um, I assume he is. But uh, yeah, not It's a very slow and tedious match. But at least we get a shot of Steve Grissom in the crowd. Yeah, the WCW Motorsports driver. What are your thoughts on uh, Steve Grissom and his NASCAR career? To be honest with you, I never seen Steve Grissom's <laughs> NASCAR career. But hell, with either. this match, you could have stuck the camera on him the entire time, and it probably would have been better than watching it. Because <laughs> it me up because they cut to him, and he's like desperately trying to keep his eyes open, trying to look <laughs> interested in this because nobody around him is. But um, yeah, so like, gang goes for the big splash, misses. Conan gets up. Goes to the top rope. It's like a front flip splash on the one man gang, which is like the only move he did in the entire match. And that, but that gets the win apparently. So Conan retains the U.S. title, and uh, yeah, good stuff. One good man stuff. gang gets right up after it too, like absolutely no sells anything. <laughs> My God. Well, he just caught him by surprise there, Justin. So he's just bamboozled for a second. It only takes three seconds to lose a match. Wise man, what's that? <laughs> Uh, but after that, the LODs here, they yell. And then uh, we get a I respect you strap match. Now, you might be wondering, what's an I respect you match? Well, it's an I quit match. But instead of saying I quit, you have to you lose by saying I respect you, which is kind of an interesting concept. I actually, I don't really hate that part of it. Um, I did, though, hate the this match. So we got Brian Pillman versus Kevin Sullivan. First of all, it's kind of a two parter here. So Kevin, so I guess the storyline here is the four horsemen, the dungeon of doom. They like got together to like take out Hogan and Macho Man and all those guys. They're basically coming together to form a super like a corporate ministry kind of deal. But there's certain people, namely Brian Pillman and Kevin Sullivan, who don't get along because I don't know if you heard Brian Pillman. He's a loose cannon. So can't really trust them but it was interesting because brian pillman storms the ring with the strap they they scuffle for like 40 seconds and then brian pillman gets up grabs the mic says i respect you booker man and then he leaves which i think this might be brian pillman's last wcw match I, i'm not sure but i know he goes to ecw pretty soon after this and then wwf and all that stuff but um there's more to this, but what do you think of like this match concept and this this early action here? Uh, Forty seconds of wasted time, completely. <laughs> How do you just come out there, just beat the crap out of him, and then go? Okay, I think I've done enough. I respect you. Bye, everybody. Might as well break the fourth wall while I get while I, before I leave. See you later. All right. Like, what a waste. <laughs> what a waste. Dungeon of Doom was a fucking waste. My oh. God. We're we are not done with the Dungeon of Doom. Oh, let me tell I can't you. Wait, like. 
And if you thought that was a waste of time, Arn Anderson comes out. Apparently he was, according to commentary, he just got done golfing. So he's out there with a button like up. It. He looked like it. Like maroon shorts. And he looked, yeah, he, like he did look like a golfer. Uh, Arn Anderson comes out. He's like, well, I guess I'll wrestle since Brian Pillman doesn't want to wrestle. My, uh, my, my four horsemen mate. So Arn takes his polo off and straps himself up. And then they lollygag for a few minutes. And then Ric Flair comes out and he's like, hey, guys, can't we all just get along? We got to focus on Hogan and Savage. Let's look. I know you guys were literally trying to hang each other with these straps and you were hog tying each other and butt fucking each other all over this arena. But hey, that's it. We got it out of our system now. Let's 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 shake hands, hug, kiss and let's focus on Hogan and Savage. So Arn and Sullivan after they just got done beating the shit out of each other, just had to shake hands and flair yells at the crowd and the, the just peters out. I don't know. This was, it was dumb. This was, this all felt like a waste of time. Yes, completely. <laughs> like, how do you go from this freaking, like you're building this whole thing up with Pillman and Sullivan and then just go, yeah, we're not going to have that. How about impromptu with Arn Anderson? That makes it even better, right? No, it doesn't make it any better. Arn can't, move barely in there kevin he's got Sullivan those boots looks on like, he looks like he's beating up an old man he literally looks like he like found an old man on the sidewalk and just started <laughs> punching him and that was it like kevin sullivan just looks ancient like watching him in that ring it's just miserable to watch i can't see the appeal in kevin sullivan either yeah yeah and i get that he's like Booker or some backstage. He has authority backstage, so I, I get why he's on screen so much. But man, somebody's got to just tell him, Kevin, yeah, you don't got it anymore. I don't know if we ever had it. Maybe back in the day, back in the 70s or whatever the hell. But 1996, Kevin Sullivan has zero value. He is four foot tall. He looks like an egg and he's old. He can't move. He's I don't know, man. I don't. He almost looked like Hulk Hogan if Hulk Hogan aged more. <laughs> exactly. He's Sullivan's it's not even a good promo either. Hogan? He's feuding with Hogan, but he looks like Hogan? That's mm. kind of fitting. Well, that's the thing. He's 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 trying to show Hogan how ridiculous he looks. So he has the yellow tights, the red boots. I don't know if they just happen to have the same haircut or if they're just both unfortunate hairlines, <laughs> but it is what it is. But uh, male pattern yeah. baldness at a young age, guys. <laughs> or whatever age they are. But uh, yeah, this, this goes back to what I was saying, though, about like WCW, like this is the mistakes that I guess they learned from because they could have easily just thrown in like Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero or something because they're both there. Like the Cruiserweight title isn't a thing yet, but they're, they're building their Cruiserweight division. So they could have thrown a Dean Malenko or a um, whoever, Eddie Guerrero. I forget what other like Cruiserweights are there, but no, let's just have a meaningless strap. I quit match this. Don't know, man. Don't know. But uh, we go backstage for some more mean Gene Okerlund. He's uh, he's there with Jimmy Hart and the giant giant is doing his best to look menacing. I don't know, man. Maybe it's just because of hindsight, but I can't take Big Show seriously when he's talking like this. screaming and looking like he's crying at the same time. <laughs> he literally <laughs> near the end of that promo looked like he was about to cry. And I'm like, what is he about to fucking sob about? He's sitting there screaming and he's just like, I just started screaming so much. I'm just so <laughs> sad. Now. Like, what the f 
You know what I think it was? I think he just forgot to breathe because he went on this wheat, this this tangent, and he's just like, like it's fine, I guess. Like he's not stumbling over his words or anything, but he's just talking for like a minute straight, and I don't think he breathed, and his face starts turning red, and he just and then walks away. <laughs> It's like, what are we, what are we even doing here? Um, not the worst. I guess it was one of the better promos, probably. Weirdly <laughs> to say, but I just that's the state of WCW. That Paul White is uh, your silver tongue. <laughs> I think Jimmy Hart should have just done all the talking at that point. I didn't need the giant. Yeah, talk. I could. I would have been fine just having Mean Gene just talking a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Um, plug the hot, plug the hotline one more time. You know, just come on. Yeah. <laughs> World Wrestling Federation stars are jumping <laughs> ship. Are they? Uh, but we got another WCW tag team title match on our hands here. The champions who had just retained their coveted tag team titles, Lex Luger and Sting versus the Road Warriors. And uh, this match had a weird flow to it. I don't I, I, I kind of like like I enjoyed it in a sense that it kind of felt like a fight, but also it just didn't really there were no peaks and valleys that there was no story being told here. It just felt like a bunch of guys hitting each other for a while. It felt like a two parter. It felt like it felt like it got split in half because it was like they had like kind of a match in the beginning and then mm-hmm. like sting. And I think animal tagged in and then they locked up and it was like, did they just reset? It was so weird. Like it came off awkward. Like they just split the match in half and was like, this is the first half. This is what you saw. Damn. Maybe it wasn't enough. Let's just kind of try again. And then they tried to have a second half and it just, it just didn't flow at all. Yeah. Cause they were there. It's like almost like they were trying to have hot tags, but they didn't like build up to it. And then once they made the tag, yeah, like you said, they would like heat up for a little bit and then just go right back into a chin lock or something. It was like, you got like Hawk in there doing STF. So Lex Luger It's like, what am I watching? But uh, was weird with it, too, because they were like rooting for LOD. And then because basically because hmm. of Luger and it's like stings the casualty in here because he's associated with Luger. So they're not cheering for him. But then they started cheering right. for him again. So it was just like such a weird, like weirdly put together match. Man, I don't think the crowd has recovered from watching one man gang bumble in there for 20 minutes honestly i don't think they ever recovered from that bumble in there for freaking as long as he was in there yeah jesus but yeah it's a good point because like sting they're reacting they're when they weren't as hot for sting as they had been in the past and this kind of goes for sting and hogan like they're both becoming stale and they would both see you know drastic character changes within the year so again just another thing we're seeing that's like oh this is why they changed change stuff because it wasn't working here oh, and um done too yeah for sure but um that is what it is luger so the story here because luger and sting aren't on the same page they come out first of all both sting and luger are carrying the titles like they they're annoyed that they have it like they're not around their waist they're just not around their shoulder they're just like carrying it like groceries into the house so it's like all right immediately it's clear that the tag team titles don't mean anything and then Sting storms to the ring in their entrance. Luger is like kind of walking casual or cautiously behind them. And then it seems like goddamn 10, 15 minutes of Sting being like, hey, Luger, 
let's go fight these guys. And Luger's like, ah, they have spikes. I don't want to. And it's just like, feels like forever they're drawing this out. I legit screamed at the screen watching because <laughs> Luger's just standing out there. And I'm like, can you get in the fucking ring already? Like either, either get in the ring or just leave. Like do one or the other, make a decision. Let's stop going and then match at this fucking point. If Rick Steiner yeah. can do it later on, fucking right. Sting can do it. Come on. Man, well, you can't really blame him because as Heenan says, I mean, the Road Warriors are salivating and the, the, the spikes on their shoulder pads are dripping. Ew. That's <laughs> Ew. That Wait is, a minute. That is Bobby appropriate. Heenan, hold on a second here with that one. They, uh, spikes uh, are dripping. What? Maybe they should have actually made them look that way to make them more terrifying. That way I would have freaking actually understood why Luger was terrified to get in there instead of him just Are sitting you? there yelling at the referee over, I'm not going in there. They're wearing spikes. I can't go in there. They're wearing spikes. And I'm like, this is, the are you suggesting that- to me that they should put penises on their shoulder pads instead of spikes? They probably could have probably would have been more intimidating at That's that point. Hot. The leaking little pre-cum from their spikes. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you kidding? Who, who the hell wants to step in there then? You don't want to get that shit on your hands. Look, that's probably somebody's had to have done that gimmick. Like, uh, what was who had the big penises at AEW? Uh, fucking Joey Ryan. The, Joey Ryan. Yeah, if Joey Ryan was still around, he would have shoulder pads with penises on him. But oh my uh, God, if he'd have been still around and wore LOD style spikes, but they were dicks, I don't yeah. know how I would have reacted to that. Brother, I'm not entirely sure that that didn't happen. Well, we'll have to go back into the archives and do our research, but, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so the match happens. It is a match. And, uh, I don't know. Anything stick out to you and any like spots or anything stick out to you? Not really. No. Like the fact that you ended this match in a count out was oh. just, like, oh, God, it was awful. So I mean, bad. When you factor in the entrances and the shenanigans, the pre-match stuff and the match itself, I mean, this had to be at least 30 minutes of time dedicated to this. Plus the previous tag team match. I mean, that's damn near half the show. You dedicate all this time to it. And it's like, ah, double count out. Tune in on Monday to see what happens. It's like, wow, what are we, what are we doing Such here? Such a troll. Such a troll. <laughs> what about some Kevin Sullivan booking at its finest right there? Something like that. Um, but it ends, thankfully, which was the best part of it. And then we go uh, backstage to mean Gene with Ric Flair and woman. And like you said, Flair just kind of rambles for a little bit. And then. Uh, I mean, he has the charisma. The, the, do the words mean anything? I don't know, but he's he well, no, has some fire to him. I understand what he said. I don't <laughs> understand what he said. All I heard was macho man. And I'm like, what the fuck is Flair saying? I don't think I understood a word of that. No, it's just, you got to say it with gumption and then people will believe you no matter what it is. You also got to say it with a bottle of tequila, apparently, and a helicopter. Nah, piece, you know, and you <laughs> that was the problem. He just got done helicoptering and he was, he was tired. <laughs> he was gassed. Well, speaking of helicoptering, they try to helicopter this cage down to the ring. This cage was, first of all, it's like at a 45 degree angle. I don't know who hung this shit up, but it, it looks rickety. It looks like it's about to fall at any minute, but they start lowering this shit down and somehow get it down there, I guess. But oh, I guess the cage 
it made it look menacing, maybe. I don't know. Because, like, nowadays a cage is just so pretty and clean. It's like, oh, it's just so smooth. But this one, I guess it looked... It was it was kind of short, but I guess a little more treacherous. I don't know. What do you think about this this version of the cage? Uh, it looks sketchy as hell. I was afraid. I literally was terrified the thing was gonna fall apart multiple times when they were throwing them yeah. into it. When they were bringing it down, like even during the main event, I was like, "This thing's gonna topple over. The crowd's gonna be a fucking casualty right now." Because <laughs> that cage is so freaking redneck ingenuity right now. That thing is scary. And it was like, I, I remember Dusty saying, he was like, we got this old chicken wire fence in the back. We can go have a cage match. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well then I can understand that. But then like Bobby Heenan was like, there's this, we're going to have this cage match. It's going to have a roof on it. And I'm like, but didn't have a roof on it. So what <laughs> Bobby, the hell? You're just talking. <laughs> like, I, I listen. I would listen to what Bobby Heenan says, but this man said there's going to be a roof on this cage. There was no roof on that cage. I went, I feel like I got lied to. <laughs> maybe they tried to put a roof on it but the, it, it just didn't work too with that freaking cage that thing was so sketchy every yeah. second i'm like i hope they put that thing together long enough that it would hold and luckily it did because yeah every for the most part vicinity if something if one of those sides fell would have been a casualty <laughs> well, it, it, it did, there were some faux pas during the match, but I guess we'll get into it. But there's actually two cage matches on this show. The, it's a double main event, which to me, whenever there's like a double main event, it makes each match feel like half rather than what I think they're going for is trying to make it feel like two main events. But to me, it feels like a half main event and a half main event. So I didn't really like how they phrased that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but. We got foot, the world heavyweight titles on the line, not the main event, not the main main event. The first main event, we got the champion, the Macho Man, with Ms. Elizabeth versus Ric Flair with Woman, who uh, I guess has jumped from ECW, which is fun. Uh, so I don't, the story, the whole main event storylines are all like kind of interwebbed and there's not a lot of sense to them all. But Macho Man and Flair had been feuding for like a year at one point, Flair attacked Angelo Poffo, who was Randy's dad, and they had a whole thing. But this was like almost a year ago. Now they're revisiting it. So I don't know. There's not a lot of steam to it, it feels like. And I don't know if it's just me, because I've seen Flair and Macho Man wrestle a lot recently. But I, I had a tough time getting into this match. I don't know. What do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I know. Again, not being the biggest Flair fan at all, because, you know, you get all these people out there that are like, Flair's the greatest of all time. I highly disagree that Flair is the greatest of all time. Yeah. I'm one that will always say the Undertaker is the greatest of all time. But he just, you know, this with Savage is just, this just doesn't work. This is one of them that just did not click. It mm -hmm. did not work. It was just throwing. It would, Flair did his usual spots. It felt like a, yeah. an, an, a normal Ric Flair match with a cage around it. And that was it. Nothing else really happened. Yeah. No, that was basically my thought too. It just felt like a template. Like you had the flare template. You had the flare versus macho template. You had the cage template. It just all, it, did, it didn't feel like there was any heart to this match. The storyline, like I said, didn't have a lot of steam to it. The world title was pretty much meaningless at this point. It had just been hot potato all over the place. 
Hogan lost it without losing it, and then Ma- and the Macho won it, and then Flair won it on a random Nitro, and now Macho uh, is just it didn't really. It's not the main event, so it's like don't Sounds really care about mess. this. An actual mess. Yeah, it is a mess. Um, but like randomly, like as you know, Flair they're chopping. You know the whole Flair thing. Somewhere randomly in the middle of this match, Macho just jumps up to the top of the cage and does a double axe handle from the top of it, which there is because they transition to a different cage after this. And there's that famous spot where Macho Man, I think it's like in 97, 98, Macho Man jumps from the top of the cage for a double axe handle on a thick piper or somebody. And he like blows out both his knees and that pretty much ends his career, essentially. I've seen that. That is terrifying. Yeah. But I think that cage was like twice as high as this one. So Macho Man didn't really. I mean, I'm sure it didn't feel good on his knees, but it didn't seem to to debilitate him too much. Um, Flair's asshole makes an appearance a couple times in this match. Thoughts? I'm so tired of seeing Flair's ass. Once, fine. Twice was too damn much right off the bat. (sighs) I literally just screamed, Randy, stop fucking pantsing him already. (laughs) God. He's fucking grab his ankle, grab his knee pad, stop you, grabbing his goddamn tights. He isn't tanned correctly. I don't need to see pasty nature boy ass every freaking time. Like, come on. As far as man ass goes, what would you rate his ass out of 10? Flares? Oh, God. Yeah. Out of 10? Probably like a four. Yeah. It's yeah, not so wasn't. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't have like the curve to it that would make it stick yeah. out more. It just seems kind of like it's kind of like Charlotte's now. It's just flat. <laughs> they have the same ass. Is what you're t- what you're telling me? Yes, basically, it, it's it runs in the flare blood. That makes sense. I mean, they have the same finisher. They have. They both do the woo. They both have the same ass. That's that. We're learning. See, same. the show might have sucked, but we're being educated as we as we putter along here. I like it. As long as you learn something in the end, it's a positive thing. Yep. Is it? So the uh, <laughs> Flair, at some point after he pulls his tights up, finally, he uh, he gets thrown into the cage, like just the wall. And then the door just flies open, which I don't know if that was meant to happen. Maybe with how, how it kind of how the match ended, maybe it was. But to me, it's just like, wow, this match is in shambles. The cage can't even stay together. Flair's ass is all over the place. Nobody cares. It's like <laughs> it was just that that door was so poorly freaking locked up. Like I was amazed it didn't like come undone the first time somebody got yeah. thrown into the cage. Like it took I mean, it so took... long, so late in the match, and then the yeah. door popped open. I'm like, why did it take that long? Like the ref must have really tried his damnedest to keep that freaking door together. But yeah. it just did not work because that cage wasn't even put together correctly. <laughs> I mean, the rough took like fucking two minutes at the beginning of the match trying to lock this thing. He had like it wrapped. He had, it was like a 20 foot long chain for no reason, just wrapped <laughs> around it. But even that wasn't able to keep it together. But the match starts to come to an end here when you have a woman who's on the outside pours salt or some white powder into her. Uh, well, it's probably not salt. Pours it into her hand, tries to throw it in the face of Macho Man. Macho, I don't know if he ducked or if he just fell or if it was mistimed or what the deal was. But Salt misses Macho Man. But on the other side of the ring, Miss Elizabeth hands Flair one of her shoes. And uh, Flair takes the shoe. It's like a heel. 
Macho doesn't see this, so he rolls up Ric Flair. Flair kicks out, and then Flair swings this heel like a baseball bat right into the eye of Macho Man, knocks him out, pins him. Ric Flair is your 13-time world champion. And, uh, yeah, all comes to end. You have all the steel around, but it's a shoe that ultimately is the demise here. So, thoughts? It just felt like... <laughs> At the end of it, Flair gets the win, and I go, wow, to no surprise whatsoever, Ric Flair fucking wins. Like, I couldn't. Yep. It just felt so weird. You know, Liz turning on Macho is such a strange sight to see. Just, yeah, like, yeah. this this cage match just wasn't it at all. And then, you know, you get Hogan coming out after it immediately you don't give mm -hmm. the you don't give anybody a chance to digest what the fuck just happened it's just hulk hogan fucking stomping down to the ring with a mm -hmm. fucking chair like well let me tell you something brother how dare you do that liz why i just need you to understand why the hell would you do this to us and i'm like yeah, he, he has a chair to run off woman and liz it's like hogan i think you can handle with your fists, <laughs> but it don't know i guess art art anderson's in there Arn Anderson just appears out of nowhere. Where did he come from? He just showed up, and I'm like, he's chasing off Arn Anderson. I'm like, where the fuck did Arn come from? Did he creep out Dude. from like through the ring and come like like what the hell? Yeah, those Sting. He comes from the rafters before Sting was doing it. He's uh, <laughs> all of a sudden he's in the ring. Hogan runs him and Flair off, like you said, and the crowd is just confused. I'm confused, and Flair, Flair, I guess, has a. Uh, a, a stable full of ladies with them. I know, I think Deborah McMichael comes into play at some point, and Flair just has like all these women around him. It's like, it was a weird era for Ric Flair. I think a lot of eras for Ric Flair are weird. <laughs> yeah, none are, uh, none are very normal, I guess, but I don't know. But we got the main event on our hands here. Keep that cage down because we got our second main event Hulk Hogan. Versus the Giants. We got... So this... I don't even know. The storyline, it's it's whatever, I guess. Because the Dungeon of Doom pretty much exists to destroy Hulk Hogan, I guess. So, and the Giant and Hogan, you know, they had their monster truck match. Hogan throws Giant off a building. Giant lands on the ground like King Kong. He, then they... Then he butt fucks Hogan with the Yeti and then the Yeti leaves. And now we're in a steel cage match. Sullivan's back. Jimmy Hart's here. The, the cage is trying to stay up. The crowd's chanting Hogan sucks. This is just this is this is a sight to see. Is it not? Oh, my God. What a freaking disaster of a main event. You just yeah. the, the Dungeon of Doom as an existence was such an absolute waste it's we're here to destroy hogan and basically the only thing they were used for was fucking having hogan go over more and that's all it was they did oh. absolute jack shit to destroy yeah. hulkamania and it's uh, it's it's what a waste of just fucking hogan ego stroking it's insane it was insane like just how much Hogan, like even at the end of the match, it was literally Hogan running off the entire faction by Dude, himself. It is so irritating how this shit came to an end. But 
before we get there, it should be said, speaking of irritating. So this match, Hogan had, had cuts his promo before the match. He's, he's pissed off at Elizabeth. That's all fine. It's whatever. Hogan's doing Elizabeth. Let me tell you something like all that shit. <laughs> it's whatever. But apparently Hogan decides that this match is going to be unsanctioned. So I guess there's no pinfalls, no, because it's already no DQ. It's a steel cage match, but he's just making it. There's no pinfalls, no submissions. I guess you win, quote unquote, by escaping the cage is the thing here. But um, but the thing is, it's unsanctioned. But literally the next month is uncensored. And the whole gimmick of that pay-per-view is everything's unsanctioned. You're never going to see this at all during the year. Just this night. Except, you know, this this one, too, and maybe some other ones. So it's like, what are we? Uh, it's the, 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 the tomfoolery never stops with WCW at this point. But the matches, I literally, and I never do this. I, the little plus 15 where you like fast forward, I, I literally just skimmed this match because it's a lot of bear hugs. It's a lot of nerve holds. It's a lot of like slow clubbing from the giant to Hogan. Then Hogan hulks up and then he, oh, he's going to try to uh, anybody. If you haven't seen this match, you know what happens. Hogan tries to slam giants. Can't do it. Eventually hulks up, eventually slams the giant, hits the giant with three leg drops and then runs away and then wins the match by escaping the cage. And uh, the crowd's not into it. Like I said, they're kind of chanting. There's like some faint Hogan sucks chants, which is like the first I've heard of that. Um, so it's, it's 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 very clear that Hogan's stale here. And like you said, the entire Dungeon of Doom comes out. I mean, it's like 10 guys. It's one man gang. Uh, who else? You got sharks out there. You got um, who's in the Dungeon of Doom? The Zodiac. Um, just a ton of guys in face paint and goofy costumes come out. It's like 12 guys. You have giant haystacks, a.k.a. Loch Ness Monster, 700 pound dude. He he tries to get in the cage, but everybody's holding him back. Like, no, you can't go after Hogan, brother. He's going to take you out. Like, what a way to debut Loch Ness Monster. By the way, the Giants, this Andre the Giant's son, this huge monster that we're building up, he ran away a long time ago. He's not even there. He's like, I want no more of this Hulk Hogan fella. And then the show just ends. So. <laughs> what a fucking mess that whole entire thing was. Like. Yeah. Hogan doing his usual shtick, you know, the, oh, let me just hook up here. And he hit the boot and everything. And I'm like, he didn't take the giant down. He's sitting there going, oh, I'm going to press him. I'm going to slam him. I'm like, yeah, you, you keep, keep just do nothing. Hogan, just stand there going, oh, I'm going to press him. Oh, I'm going to slam him. Can you hear it? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is fucking just pitiful Hogan ego stroking. And I, I, I hated it. I sat through the whole main event and it was just such an absolute waste. Mm -hmm. I could have literally fast forwarded it like you did and just been like, well, I clearly know who's going to win this match. <laughs> yeah, it's it's clear that nobody in the crowd cared about this either. And um, ultimately, this is all like for knots because Hogan would turn a heel in a matter of months and then it would be a whole different thing. So Loch Ness, I don't think he's around that long. I know he passes away a few years after this because he's goddamn 800 pounds. Um, Dungeon of Doom, I think, just 
putters around for a few years after this. But yeah, it's a mess is the best way to describe it. But that's WCW for you. So, um, yeah, I mean, any other uh, I guess any other thoughts on that main event? Anything that I, I missed as I was skipping through it? No. It <laughs> Did was... Hogan go to the top of the cage and jump off? The only time he went near the top of the cage was in the beginning to get in the freaking cage. And that was it. Like, yeah, that was surprisingly limber, though. He kind of just hopped up there. And I guess the cage is like five feet tall. But, you know, I actually thought he was going to jump off the top rope, at least from there. Wouldn't that be some I, shit? Well, if he just did a moonsault, throw, throw us off here and jump off the top rope. But he just stood on the top rope, ripped the shirt and then jumped down. And I'm like, oh, well, of course, anticlimactic Hogan stuff. <laughs> Does anybody have worse chair shots than Hulk Hogan? God. I, I don't even think so. His are so bad. He, he doesn't hold the chair by the legs. He holds it like up higher. And it's yes. just like. It's, it's so like weird. The, he like thinks it's an electrified thing. You can just touch a guy with it. And then they go. Oh, it's like that, that. That's what actually stuck out to me of that. That that opening match, that street fight, they were like hitting each other with the chair really hard. I was like, wow, yeah. I'm not used to seeing this in WCW because right? I was surprised uh, that one because they were legit like headshots. And I'm like, damn, for WCW, baseball I think they let that go. Yeah, but um, Hogan, not so much. But would you would you say that this brawl was super? No. <laughs> below super yeah super brawl was a six super brawl six 1996 any other like overall thoughts on this show super brawl six more like super brawl stinks because this was really bad like really bad like you started off strong you started off strong with two very very good matches and then just plummeted off the cliff yeah well i'll tell you what doesn't stink and that's the end time podcast. Once again, Justin, thank you for uh, coming on the show, painfully pushing through Super Brawl six. Um, where can everybody find you and your podcast and all of your various social medias? Well, first off, thank you for having me on. Finally, I was going to have my brother on with us, but of course, he actually did not watch the correct show. He watched. Oh shit! What did he watch? He watched Starcade, not not Super Brawl. I was like, oh uh, well, ninety six. Like, well, yeah, ninety six. I went, damn! You watched the wrong show. <laughs> and I told you this well, show maybe. last night. Like, damn it! Oh, uh, I hope Starcade ninety six was better than this because if you just watched a shitty pay per view for no reason, <laughs> that would be uh Well, hey, I'll hit him up in like two years when I get to that. So. <laughs> but yeah. But thank you for having me on here. Yeah, of you course. Love your show. You're one of the Appreciate millions it. of freaking shows that I actually, that I listen to and absolutely enjoy it. But if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter. Just time two, one, one in time wrestling podcast has kind of been on a hiatus right now because got some real life stuff going on here. Kind mm. of killing the momentum, like the motivation to want to put out some content but that doesn't mean we're going to be gone. We are going to be coming back. So probably next year, like probably at the start of next year, we will be back. So keep your eyes peeled on Twitter. I'm around. My brother's around as well. You can follow him at Jeremy in time 721. And again, we will be back. 
Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, why don't we end this with your best one man gang impression? Ah! Ah! That's all he did. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thank you to Justin from the In Time Wrestling Podcast for joining me on this lovely, lovely journey through uh, early 96 WCW. Woof. What a show. But hey, now you guys don't have to watch it. (laughs) Uh, Go check out Justin and Jeremy in the In Time Wrestling Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, also follow them on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Justin on Twitter at JustinTime211. All of that info in the description below. All their various social medias. And uh, follow me at ApronBub all ac- across the board. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you Jizz, Chatterbait, Omegle, um, Hive. I'm just I'm not. Are we done with Hive? <laughs> Are people still doing the Hive thing? Uh, hive mind kind of deal but i think that's all about daddy has for you today go check out if you missed my q a episode from a few weeks ago go check that out as well that was a good time and uh go watch all my episodes right now i'll wait thank you guys so much for listening I'm hard. Yeah. It's a hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you the hardest. Standing strong and proud of it. And I guess let's get started. It's the hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you the hardest.